You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The Word of God is the Word of Truth, and we know that the truth is what sets us free. But here's the problem. The problem is that most people actually believe that the opposite is true. The Word of God restricts. The Word of God binds people, and that is not true. It is the Word of God that brings freedom because of the truth of God's Word. What do you believe about the Word of God? Do you believe that it binds you or brings you freedom? In today's message, Pastor J.D. encourages you that the Word of God is truth. A life without truth is a life without hope or meaning. So being in the Word of God brings freedom, encouragement, and guidance. Be in His Word and be free. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Psalm 119, verse 33 to verse 56. As I mentioned to you last week, we are not in a hurry to get through this psalm. Uh, There's just so much here in this psalm that I believe the Lord has for us. So before we jump in, I want to just mention a couple things by way of uh, introduction, uh, especially as it relates to how unique this chapter is in the psalm. Psalm 119, I keep saying it, it's so amazing, and there's a reason for that. Not only is it the longest chapter in the Word of God, it's the chapter in the Word of God about the Word of God and what the Word of God is to a believer. I don't know if it's possible to overstate just how important the Word of God is in the life of a Christian. And sadly, and I don't want to, you know, be derogatory, but uh, it is sad that so many Christians don't read the Word of God. I, I don't want to, again, lay a heavy trip on anyone But I think we would all be surprised just how many Christians have never read the Word of God in its entirety, from Genesis to Revelation. Over the years, I've I've heard other pastors talk about this dynamic, and what's really interesting to me is it does not take that long to read the Bible all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. Now I think there's a spiritual component to it. I actually hadn't planned on going into this, but maybe uh, this is for someone here tonight or watching online. Don't you think that the enemy would do everything he can to keep a Christian from reading the Word of God? Would you agree with that? Would you also agree with me when I suggest that it's for that reason that we find it so hard 
to read God's Word, and I'll add to that, pray. And what I mean by a spiritual component is this. The enemy knows how powerful the Word of God and prayer is in the life of a Christian. What he fears the most is a Christian who prays and a Christian who knows the Word of God. Because he knows that that Christian who does that spells his defeat. He's a defeated foe. And he knows that we have access to the most powerful tools in our toolbox, if you will. And yet, how often do we not avail ourselves of the power of God's Word and prayer? You know, it's really simple. I was thinking about this this last week. If you were to boil down the Christian life, and I'll even say it this way, the victorious Christian life, it really comes down to two things, very simply. The Word of God and prayer. The Word of God and prayer. Those two. That's what it comes down to. And I believe that this chapter, this psalm, this Psalm 119, is an expression, really a declaration of the power of the Word of God in the life of a believer. Now we talked about this last week. It's really quite amazing. It's one of those things that uh, reminds you that only God could do this. This could not be written by man. Just the statistical probabilities, or I should say improbabilities, of, of writing a psalm in this way, in an acrostic form, that starts off with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, of which there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, unlike the uh, English alphabet, of which there are 26. This psalm is structured and has 22 sections, with eight verses in each section, and each section starts off with the letter, the corresponding letter, of the Hebrew alphabet. And that's not all. Each, the first line in each section also starts off with that corresponding letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Now they, they used that and took advantage of that because it helped with memorization. Uh, in fact, I was reading one commentator who said that uh, the Jews would require that this psalm in its entirety, all 176 verses, had to be memorized. And they would do it. They would memorize it. And it was easier to memorize because it was in this acrostic form. So each section of eight verses has this theme of sorts. I mean, it's broken up into the 22 sections of eight verses each. But each of those sections kind of has a, I guess for lack of a better way of saying it, a takeaway. And all of which, all of the sections, as we're going to see again tonight, speak to this one truth, and that is the blessing that comes, that which comes to the life of a believer from 
the word of God and for those who take heed to the word of God. Uh, if you don't mind, I, I kind of want to go back from the beginning in verse 1, the first section, verses 1 through 8. This section, the takeaway, the theme, if you will, is all about the blessing on the life of a believer who takes heed to the Word of God. What comes to us in and through the Word of God, taking heed to the Word of God, it's a blessed life. Show me a Christian who's in the Word, I'll show you a Christian who has a blessed life. I'm not talking about an easy life, I'm talking about a blessed life, in spite of the trials in life. That Christian who's in the Word takes heed to the Word, is a blessed Christian. The second section, verses 9 through 16, purity. What comes to the one who takes heed to the Word of God? Not just a blessed life, but a pure life. The one who takes heed. How does a young man keep his way pure? by taking heed to the Word of God. The third section, verses 17 through 24, guidance. What comes to the one who is in the Word, takes heed to the Word? It's guidance, it's counsel, and we're going to see this again throughout. This next section, verses 25 through 32, where we left off last week, is interesting because it's not revival in the global sense, although <laughs> that certainly does come when the Word of God is heard and those that hear it take heed to it. Revival can come, but this is more in the sense of personal revival. How do we personally in our lives experience revival. It's in and through the Word of God. And then we're going to see tonight as we pick it up in verse 33 through verse 40, what comes to the life of one who takes heed to the Word of God is contentment. Show me a Christian that's in the Word, and I'll show you a Christian that's content. A Christian who wants for nothing, because they have the Word of God, the bread of life, and they are satisfied, satisfied. This next section that we're going to see tonight, verses 41 through 48, is also very interesting, because what comes to us in and through the Word of God is liberty, freedom. One would not think that one could be free from the Word of God, rather as we'll see, in bondage because of the Word of God. You know, many people, especially non-Christians, think that God's Word is a rule book, that Christianity is a list of do's and don'ts, thou shalt nots. Well, we're going to see that that's not the case tonight. It's this last section in verses 49 through 56 that I, I'm really looking forward to, and I uh, I think you'll see why when we get there, but it's the hope that comes from the Word of God, how the Word of God produces hope. It is 
that source of hope and faith and love. And as Paul writes, it's faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And certainly this will be a theme throughout this psalm as well. So let's start with verse 33 and uh, this next section to verse 40. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart, verse 36, to your testimonies, and listen, not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things, and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant, who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Okay. What's interesting about this section is that the psalmist sort of seems to be pleading with the Lord to keep him from covetousness and to keep him from worthless things. And I find that interesting because, and he says it, it's his devotion to and love for the Word of God that he knows keeps him from that, and in so doing, it keeps him content. Now stay with me on this, because covetousness is the fuel in the tank of discontentment. By the way, this is what all of those commercials that we see are all designed to do. I think of, in particular, car commercials. I mean, have you ever seen more beautiful people in all of your life? Have you ever seen more happy people in all of your life? And do you know why they're so beautiful and so happy? Because they bought that new car that they're trying to sell you. Listen, I got to tell you, when as a guy who spent many years in the car business, do you know that they charge the, the factory, the manufacturer, charges the dealer per car something, and this is back in the 90s, I don't know what it is now, an advertising fee on the national level that back in the 90s was about $500 per car. In other words, especially those Super Bowl commercials that, that cost, what is it, something like $5 trillion per, per 30 seconds. You know why it's so expensive? Because it works. You know why it works? Because you're watching that commercial and you're seeing that brand new car and those very beautiful and very happy people. And what you conclude is, my car doesn't make me that happy. 
And you look out into the garage or, you know, where your car is parked, and that is the ugliest car I've ever seen in my life. No wonder I'm so miserable. It sounds silly, but it's true. If only I could spend money I don't have to buy something I can't afford to impress people I don't even like, as one said, I too can be happy with that brand new car. What's the point? The point is they have successfully sown the seed of discontentment. It's all discontentment. Now all of a sudden I am not content and now covetousness has set in and I have to have that thing in order to be content. And here the psalmist says, no Lord, you have to help me with this. You have to keep me from this. You have to turn my eyes from this. Keep me from that covetousness. How are you going to keep me from that covetousness? Oh, your word. Because your word will satisfy. Only your word is the source for my satisfaction and my contentment. Charles Spurgeon said it best this way. He says, he goes at once to him in whom were all his fresh springs. Life is the peculiar sphere of God. He is the Lord and giver of life. No man ever received spiritual life or the renewal of it from any other source but the living God. I think of Psalm 23, a favorite for obvious reasons to many a saint. The Lord is my shepherd. I will never, ever, ever find myself wanting. I'll never be in want. Why? Because He satisfies me. His Word satisfies me, and I am content. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I only need Him. Verse 41, Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And, verse 43, take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually, forever and ever. And I want you to pay particular attention to verse 45. And I will walk at liberty, total freedom, for I seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Okay, this section, again very interesting, and this for several reasons. 
chief of which is that it speaks to the Word of God bringing liberty, bringing about freedom. Now we know that the Word of God is the Word of truth, and we know that the truth is what sets us free. But here's the problem. Problem is that most people actually believe that the opposite is true. The Word of God restricts. The Word of God binds people, and that is not true. It is the Word of God that brings freedom because of the truth of God's Word. There's a story that's told, true story. Uh, it's a long time ago. I think it was back in the early 1900s, and it was about a school that happened to be on a very busy street. And so whenever the kids would play, they would also always kind of congregate close in proximity to the structure, away from the busy street for obvious reasons. And so finally the school had enough money to fence the entire property, which was really quite vast. And so they put a fence all the way around the perimeter, protecting now the children while playing uh, there in the school and on the school property. And what they found was really interesting. Prior to that fence being put up, the kids would always kind of stay close, you know, to the building far away from the street. And then when they put that fence in, they were playing right up next to the street. No problem. They had the freedom to do it because the fence was there. See the Word of God that way. The Word of God is that, that fence, that barrier, if you will, that allows us the freedom because it's there. Well, here's the last section. This is the one I want to spend the remainder of our time on. And it's really because of verse 49, first and foremost. It says, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. The proud, verse 51, have me in great derision, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remember your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. You know, the Word of God is a great source of comfort during times of sorrow and grief. The Word of God is a great source of comfort back in verse 50 during those times of affliction and pain and suffering. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <music> 